Some of our team could not be here. Um, we took a team of 11. Um, two of those folks uh, are, do not actually attend uh, North Park. They, they live quite a ways away, and so they were friends of the team, and we'll share about that in just a moment. Um, but we took this team of 11, and then Francisco. We have one. Francisco um, is a mighty man of God. He is a, a Cuban uh, pastor. He's, he's actually done ministry for a long time for our denomination. He actually travels uh, around the country and teaches theology and just a, a really great individual. But unfortunately, he had some, some, uh, some tests, some medical things this, this today or yesterday, and he is, he is absolutely exhausted. So he's at home, uh, and, and you'll be able to, to hear from him later. But we're going to have our team in just a moment go and kind of share. And if you're new to North Park, um, we go uh, every year. Last year was our first year. Um, Ashley and I have been partnering with, with Hope Project for uh, seven years. And this was something that when we came here, we said, hey, we want to share this with North Park. And you guys have really just dug in. You've been generous with your giving and also with people going. And so this is just what we do. Every year uh, we go to uh, Central America, to Nicaragua, to a particular neighborhood that was originally a, a trash dump. So the city relocated the dump, and there was an entire group of people, bigger than a group really, I mean thousands of people, that really made their life picking through the trash. That's where they'd find food, that's where they'd find shelter, and that's where they would find resources to try to sell to buy other things. And so when they moved the dump outside of the city, they moved it into the countryside, and, and they moved those people as well. And so thousands of people were living in the middle of nowhere just dependent on the trash. And, um, uh, and, and the story goes that God put on the heart of this, this man and wife uh, to start a church there in that community. And since then, and their partnership with, with Than and Megan, who uh, actually speak with us every fe February and every September, and they'll be with us in March this year, uh, found out about this, and 10 years ago partnered with this church. And now I believe over 150 homes have been built. Um, the, 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 the town, it's actually growing. Now they're starting to get paved roads, um, and, and people are actually being able to get on the bus and go to work and have different jobs. Uh, this last time we went, there's actually a little barber shop now. Um, but there are thousands, I mean, thousands of people that still live under what they can find in the trash. And so there is still a need, and we're going to continue to go back, um, I'm not going to preach a sermon today because I want them to share, but there is a, a story in uh, the Gospels where uh, a, a person is, is lowered through the ceiling uh, to be healed by Jesus. And what's interesting is he has to be lowered through the ceiling because houses back then could hold about 50 people, and there was already that many people in the space. And so there was a crowd of people, there was Jesus, and then there was someone that needed to get to Jesus. And the crowd was actually getting in the way of this person getting what they needed. And the crowd wasn't necessarily evil or selfish. The crowd just kind of wanted to watch. They weren't really interested in participating. They just wanted to watch. And there was another group there, as I shared when we were praying, that were the religious leaders, and they were critics. Um, they were upset at Jesus because he was doing things differently than the way they wanted him to do it. And so they were very critical. And a critical spirit starts very slow, and it's usually hidden, and we don't see it in ourselves. And it starts with a little bit of grumbling and a little bit of complaining in our hearts. 
And then we get brave enough to share it with other people. We start to kind of bring them down as well. And before we know it, we have become so critical to the things of God that we believe he no longer heals, he no longer does things, he doesn't care, we're all alone, life is point. It, it, gets, it gets dark very quickly. And so there was critics there that day, and there was a crowd. But there was a group of people who said, we're not going to let that stop us. We're going to do whatever it takes to get people to Jesus. And that, for me, as we talk about this series of hospitality, is a part of hospitality. A part of hospitality is saying, if I'm in the crowd, how can I step out of the crowd and make sure that people get to Jesus? And you can do that at work, you can do that at home, you can do that at church, but today we're going to focus, what does it look like when we step out of the crowd, out of our nine to five, out of our regular jobs, have to take vacation to go to another country and, and build homes, because sometimes not having a house is an obstacle, not just for your children, not just for your family, but do you know what it does for your faith when you are homeless and then someone builds you a home? It's an incredible, incredible way to share the gospel. And so um, I've got two quick videos because these are two members of the team, and we're just going to show them back to back. Uh, the first one is a guy named Brad. Brad is a good friend of Jeremy's. Brad is uh, on the airplane. They thought Brad was a Navy SEAL. Um, Brad is amazing. And then the second one is PD, and PD's video is 58 seconds long, which is a miracle uh, because <laughs> when PD talks, it's never 58 seconds. PD has experienced a lot in life, uh, and both of these guys have a real background in construction and building. Uh, PD uh, has a rich background in missions. In fact, with his church, uh, Forest Park Church, we love Scott and Lana and their church. He has gone many, many years to Ecuador and Africa and is really a leader on those teams and came with just the, a great attitude and was so humble and so kind and so helpful. And so both he and Brad want to just share very quickly about their experience. If we'd show that first video. Good morning, North Park. My name is Brad Warren. I recently had the privilege to go on the mission trip to Nicaragua. This trip truly changed my life, and I'm already excited to return next year. Thank you for allowing me this opportunity and this experience. That was Brad. That was 17 seconds. Now here's the 58-second PD version. Hey there, North Park. My name is PD Blaine, and I'm from Forest Park Church. I just wanted to take a minute to thank Pastor Chris for allowing me to take part in this trip to Nicaragua this year. It was such an amazing time. I couldn't be more thankful that I was allowed to be on this trip with this group of men and women serving across Nicaragua, building homes, feeding children, just loving people. It was such an amazing time and so fulfilling in my heart. I can't ask for any more. The team that we were with, I've been with a lot of teams over the years, and this team was first class. And I wouldn't change a thing with the way they work with each other. It was so amazing to see everybody work together to accomplish what we accomplished. I just wanted to say thank you, and each and every one of you carry a very special place in my heart. And once again, thank you again, and I can't wait till the next trip. Love you guys. So that, that was PD and Brad, and so what I want to do now is just let you hear from, we're going to start with Jeff. Jeff's going to share about his experience. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller up here. This is kind of intense. See all the lights? I'm like, hey, Matt, like, this is intense. So, so yeah, this is my first missions trip. Um, 
right? I'm a, I'm a computer informations guy, so I'm on the computer sitting in a chair, right, behind a, a nice desk, nice everything, right? And so this trip really touched my heart because I've been praying, I want to do more. I feel like there's more there's something else that I could be doing, right? We all look around locally. We all look around the state and this country and say, yeah, there's needs here. Let's meet the need, right? But there was something more that I was looking for. And so when Than and Megan came here, and maybe some of you remember Chris was up here. It's like, if your name is Beth, rhymes with Beth or <laughs> Benifer and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, maybe there's a little extra nudge here. And so I sat in the informational area up there, and I said, you know, this is something I want to do, and, and shout out to my wife and kids for holding it down, but right, so now we're here, we're in Nicaragua, that was like a fast forward here, and so God figured out a way to provide a way to get down there, right, and so I don't know what to expect, we're there, and this group, we're on the plane, we get there, and it's just amazing how when you go through a country and you say, look at this country, and look at our, look what we have, look what they have, look where we're coming from, and look where we're going. And every morning we wake up, we have devotion, we have breakfast, we uh, create our lunches, filet mignon, in between bread, which is peanut butter and jelly sandwich, for those of you that don't know. And that's our lunch for the day, right? And so going through, going through the towns, going through serving, getting on site with these teams that have been brought together through the church, right? And so serving alongside of other people of the country. It's, it's amazing how I don't know much Spanish. I know a few words here and there. But when someone says, aquí, we're like, here? Like, aquí? Yeah. All right. We start moving stuff, right? There's this universal language when we start serving together that even though you may think there's a language barrier, those barriers completely drop down and you start working alongside. And as we continue throughout the week, hammers were getting passed to other team members, right? The trust started coming. And, and when you go into a, a foreign country, and like, this is my country, this is my area, this is my town, my community. When people start trusting you to help build, trusting you to start coming alongside of them. And next level is the people that we're building a house for. Those are the people that are also helping build as well. So it's not just to sit back and relax and look and see what God's doing, but being the hands and feet of God and what we're doing in these communities, it's huge. And maybe Craig will say this, but we have devotions, right? We kind of have a debrief at the end of every day. And that third day, we all came back together and we said, wow, I hate that this is over, right? We've just built all these houses. I said, man, my shoulders aren't really mad that this is over, but my spirit is saying more. I want to go more. And Craig said, and this was so impactful, whether you know this or not, we may be done here, but God is not done here, right? And so October 20th, we're going again. I'm going to drop the dates, right? October 20th, I already have it on my calendar. And so when you see just the joy and the hope and the stories and the testimonies that these families have, I've been praying for so long, and I'm waiting for my miracle. I'm waiting for God to show up. I'm waiting. I can't wait for the next dump of trash to come so I can figure out where my next resources are going to come from. When you put that into perspective, it makes an impact, and you can't go and serve like this 
and not come back changed. You can't go and not come back and say, wow, I need to look, look inward and see others' needs come alongside each other and serve alongside each other. My highlight moment uh, for this trip was dedicating a house, hearing the testimony of the family, saying my kids, every time it rained, there were holes. My kids were getting wet every time it rained. Every time it rained, water was coming through our house. We had no solid ground to stand on except for God. God was our solid, solid ground, our solid foundation, and the miracle came when they said, now when it has rained, which it did about three, four o'clock every day when we completed a house, it rained. And we said, a family's dry tonight. And so dedicating a house, praying over the family was just such a big impact for me and just happy to serve. Sorry, that was yeah. long-winded. No, that was great. Was and, and, and I got to brag on Jeff. Jeff brings a level of energy that never, like he constantly kept us laughing and encouraged, and I just, it's amazing, and uh, I'd love to see what he's like with coworkers, just wherever he's at. If I've had the privilege to be at his small group, he has a gift to do that, and I believe God's going to continue to use that gift, not just in Central America, but, but also here. Uh, next, we're going to have Tracy. Now, Tracy really got a hold of uh, the heart of missions. She went on the first trip with us, and immediately she was the first one to have her trip paid for. Uh, she was the first one to, to be ready to go. She just, she loves missions, and, and her and Chris as well. Chris, her husband, went last time. This time, uh, he helped in so many other ways just to get us there to make sure houses were built, and so I appreciate their heart and the seed that they've planted for missions. So Tracy, if you'd share. So this is my fourth trip, fourth mission trip. I've been to Ecuador twice and now Nicaragua twice, and um, there's somewhere before you go that you kind of think, well, it's going to be like the last time. Well, I left being very prayerful and expectant for God to show up. Um, and But also, there's still that little back of the mind that's like, well, I know what to do when I get there. You know, I know how everything's going to play out, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah. I was so wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, part of it, part of it's the same, but the um, the just just the leaving your heart open, um, being expectant, and just seeing how God showed up in so many ways for everybody here, for our you know tightening our relationships, um, for the families, for the workers that we worked with, for Than and Megan, for, for, um, and for myself. Um, and I'm totally winging this last year. I had this little thing to, uh, <laughs> script it out, but, um, sorry. Um, my mind just went totally blank. <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, you're going to have to read it. Okay. All right. Scott is going to share. Now, um, Scott is, uh, is, is a thinker. He's one. He, he analyzes. He, he thinks things out. Um, he studies where he's going to go. And just I just enjoyed so much um, being with Scott. And one of the things that was really fun um, and that maybe more people will share about is the pastor there really wanted us to do uh, foot washing. And if you think that sounds 
um, uncomfortable or does that mean something symbolically? It, it means washing feet, um, and that's what it is. And it was done in the Bible because it was such a sign of, of being a servant. You know, obviously their feet were disgusting. And now we think, well, we don't need that anymore. But we do. And the reason why is it, it brings so much humility. And one of the highlights of the trip for me was the opportunity to, to wash Scott's feet and pray with Scott and, and hear Pastor Carlos pray over him. And I'm so excited. Um, just I was excited before, you know, just getting to know Scott, but now even more just to see how God's going to continue to use him. So Scott, if you'd share a little bit. Not that this was uh, hard enough already, but uh, yeah, that uh, sets the stage. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to start off uh, this, by the way, uh, one of us started off every morning. So, Jeremy, if you'll, you'll hold this real quick. Oh, okay. Here we go. Count them out. One, two. <laughs> wow. So, one of the highlights of, of, of my trip... Um, <laughs> is getting to know every one of these special people up on this stage and um, and every one of those special people that are in Nicaragua, Nicaragua today. Um, and so what that was is every morning, Jeremy right here, or every day, Jeremy does 100 push-ups. So every morning, uh, he would knock out 20, and I would count them out for him um, after I'd done my 40. And... Um, <laughs> But it was just a, a blessing to, to, for the time that we got to spend with each other and to see how, how God moves and, and uses all of us and our, our gifts and our talents. And it, it's just so rewarding to, to watch God work in him. And then God says, Scott, help my work. But what I've put in Jeremy or Jeff or Tracy, go support them. And that's how you can be even more supportive of, the, of what I've put in them. And, you know, to, to get to do real-life ministry um, with, with uh, Megan and Than and, and Pastor Chris and North Park Church, um, God is moving and, and Jesus is moving in ways that we have absolutely no idea. And, and some of them we do have an idea. And, uh, and I'm just so thankful. And the word I used all week was uh, overwhelming. Uh, Jesus is overwhelming. <laughs> and no matter how big or strong or how weak you think you are, he, he's got us. And in ways we, uh, we may never know about, and we may. But um, humbling and overwhelming is, is what I would say. And if you, if you have the opportunity, and you do have the opportunity, it's not an if. It's a guaranteed. You have the opportunity right here, right now. Um, to go out and change something as soon as you walk out those doors. Um, you don't have to go to Nicaragua. You are a missionary. You are a child of God. You are a disciple of God. And so let's not waste any more time. Um, grab your partner by the hand and, and go start building for the kingdom because there's people out there right now that are doing unbelievable things in, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the kingdom, that, uh, that we can help and support. And, uh, you know, that, that second song that we sang, um, Hope in the Morning, Hope in the, in the Evening, Hope at Night. If you want to see hope, you drive by a trash pile where people are picking food and, and resources to get through the day. And then come into that church and are the loudest folks and those kids in that church and are the loudest folks. You want to see hope in Jesus, just watch a couple of the videos that Calhoun Productions put on. And... Uh, <laughs> 
and you'll see hope. So thank y'all. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Cassie, you got a you got a mic over there? I'm excited for you to hear from Cassie. This was Cassie's first year going on this trip, um, and, I, and I'm sure she'll share, but she had some really cool moments as well. And what I love about it is, like Scott said, like you see people in the lobby and you talk to them, but a great part of this trip is you're with these people like 24-7. And so you get to see different sides. You get to see them when they first wake up in the morning. They haven't had coffee. You get to see them serve. You get to see all of these things. Um, and it's just, you just grow so close. And so I was so proud of Cassie and just the way that God used her and, and ministered through her. So Cassie, if you'd share about that. Sure. I had um, absolutely no intention of coming up here and sharing. I was just going to kind of like nod my head and you know, say amen and stuff like that to what everybody else was saying. But when I was standing back there and we were singing, you know, something has to break, that's when it kind of hit me. So I wrote some notes so that I wouldn't forget. And, like, one of the parts was Holy Spirit moved, something has to break, right? So that's very true. And I'll believe you'll lead me to it. And that's exactly what, like, God did. Last year I wanted to go. I wasn't able to go. I was able to go this year. I left my classroom. It was hard. They had a hard week while I was gone, but it's where I was. I was doing much. I was reaching more people, I guess. Um, coming back with a um, much deeper understanding of all the work that needs to be done, I guess. Um, and a couple of things that kind of hit me is like God uses our hands to answer the prayers of others. And it was like, I don't remember who said that, that like first day that we were there, but it was like, I'm helping to answer prayers of others. And that goes back to what Scott was saying. We don't have to go on a missions trip. We can walk right outside that door and help to answer the prayers of other people, whether it's big or whether it's small. And then um, some of the things like something has to break things that were breaking there. We were breaking dire living conditions and we were providing a dry home. We were breaking, help to break desperation and providing hope for others. And we were breaking the enemy's stronghold over everybody that's involved in this process. And we were bringing the love, the joy, and the peace of God to everybody that was there. Um, one of the things that, that Cassie did was she, uh, so we're in the middle. Let me show you a slide. we got a slide of a house. If you go to that first slide, Sean, I'm sorry. So this is what we built. We built um, two of these each day. And for you, it, it may not look like much, but this is a very sturdy home. They have survived through hurricanes. It has a concrete floor. And here's why that's huge. Uh, because that cuts infant mortality rate in half. Before they have a home like this, Babies, children, everyone is sleeping on the ground near the dirt. And one of the things that one of the families shared with, with us is that now they're, they're, they can put their baby to sleep and not worry about scorpions or snakes or rats biting her when she sleeps. And so that's what one of these houses was able to do. Inside of the house, you would see a bed. You would see bedding. If there's a baby, there's a crib. They're also given one month's worth of groceries. And then near the end of the trip, um, we were a part of a feeding program. And some of the money that you generously gave uh, covered 5,000 meals for about 250 to 300 students for kids 
um, that are able to go there two times a week. They get a full meal. They get the gospel, and they get to be loved and encouraged. It also provides formulas for, formula for hundreds of babies, a parenting class for new moms, and it also helps to pay uh, for, the, for the pastors, the staff there, to be able to do full-time ministry. But one of the really cool things is in the middle of all of that building, uh, Cassie started painting nails, right? Is that what we were doing? Cassie starts painting nails, and little girls start lining up, and the joy and the excitement that they experienced, just the, the dignity and, and just what they felt was just so neat to see that line. I've gone seven times, and every time kids run away from me, and yet they run toward Cassie. Now, I don't take it personally at home children run away from me, but it was neat to see Cassie do that, and so uh, if Jolyn has a mic, we'd love uh, to hear from you. Um, hey, y'all. I am so scared today. I know that I did this last year, and I don't remember feeling like this, but my heart is so, I don't know, swollen. It feels so big in my chest, but I am so nervous, so we're gonna, we're gonna work through it. Just follow me. There's a lot of facets. There's a lot of everything. This was my second year going to Nicaragua. Um, last year, I went with my mom and my sister, and that was nice because it felt like you had, like, a home base to go back to when um, we would go out and we would build. And we weren't on the same team. I was on the same team with my sister, but I was on the same team with my mom. And so we would come back and we would all debrief. And it was so nice because you were like, oh, my 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 tribe is here. Like, I, I'm cool. I'm in a different place, but I feel at home. Um, something different about this trip is that they were not there, uh, but they were praying for me. They helped me prepare. It was great. We love them. Um, but the... <laughs> One of the big differences leading up to the trip that I was really excited about is that I wanted to bring little toy cars and dolls for the kids. Because if you know me or if you don't and you've heard of me, you know that kids are my favorite thing in the entire world. Um, and I do want to take your baby home. So if you let me hold the baby, you might not get it back. Um, and so I went looking, and Megan is so awesome. Um, she's a missionary. And she, when she was prepping us to go, she said, um, if you do bring dolls, try and find brown skin dolls because they look like the girls that are in the neighborhood. And I was like, okay, perfect, like representation, period. We love it. And so I go out looking, and I go to Dollar Tree, and I'm like, I don't see anything. I don't even see a doll. Like, what's going on? So I, like, go through multiple aisles, and I'm like, well, let me check again. And so I duck duck behind. I'm looking behind toys, and I finally find something. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's tan. Okay, so I grab all of them. I'm looking under stuff, and I'm getting all of them, and um, I remember driving home and wanting to call everybody. I was so excited. I was like, this is the best day ever. I found the brown skin dolls. Like, I'm so pumped, and I got there, and on the first building day, I was like in in game mode. I was like, okay, I gotta. I know I know how to do this. This is familiar. I was here last year. I can put the cement in here. I can do this fast. I can do my part because I'm definitely not lifting that really heavy block that some of the guys, um, not some of the guys, all the guys picked up. Um, and so I'm ordering, and then I realize I'm like, oh, I haven't given away any dolls. I haven't given away any toys, and I haven't even talked to a kid today. And I was like, that's kind of the point. We're supposed to be connecting. Like, the house is great, and that's what we came here for, but we're also supposed to be, you know, building a kingdom in relationships. And so I go to the van, and I get my fanny pack that's full of a couple dolls and some cars. And again, I felt so scared, y'all. I was so nervous. I was like, I I don't know how to start this conversation. I've been practicing Spanish with Craig for like a month and a half, and I don't know anything. 
I don't know what to say. I don't know if this is going to start a riot. We've heard of that, like bringing stuff and like everybody from the village comes and you don't have enough. And I was so, I felt just like this. And I, (laughs) and so I'm taking, I'm taking it now that I think about it. I'm taking it now as God telling me that what I was doing was important. Like this is important, me talking here. It was important for me to start that conversation even though it was scary. Um, and so I finally started and I'm like, two kids, like you, do you want it all? And she loved it. She was so excited. She went and got her sister. She was like, I have two sisters at home. I have an older sister. Can she have one? And I gave out cars and it was awesome. And I was like, okay, good, we did it, check, okay. So then we go the next day to build somewhere completely different and I do not know my way around these um, areas at all. I couldn't get out or in if you asked me to. Um, and then the third day, we go to somewhere completely different. I'm still lost. And the third day, uh, that same little girl came and found me. And she, it's funny because we, talking about feeling at home and it was different this year, uh, she came up and I didn't see her at first. So to get my attention, she goes, Gringa. And I went, Yes, hello, what, how, how can I help you? I knew exactly who she was talking to. I knew exactly she was talking about me, and that was the Lord. That wasn't me being like, oh, yes, I am fair-skinned. I know that. Um, but she, she said, she goes, Gringa, and I turn around, and she goes, this is for you. And it's a lollipop shaped like a heart, and I was just hit with a wave of, like, this is what it means to be in the body of Christ. Like, this is what communion is about. And I feel like I'm getting towards the end of my time, sorry. But we're going to do communion today, which I think is really special. uh, Because I did not know, this is going to tell you guys a lot about my IQ. I knew that the bread was a metaphor. Right? That's his body. I did not know that the metaphor continued when we were eating it. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, oh, we're eating the body. That's weird. But it's Jesus, so it's okay. And so I was like, all right, we're just going to go with it because, because communion and Jesus, and he's right. And so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's in all of us. We're all part of the body. I'm sure, like, this is not new for everybody else. But for me, I'm just taking you through my process. We're part of the body because he broke it into pieces, we're all parts, right? So, like, we're hands, we're feet, we're a heart, we're a brain, you know what I'm saying? And, like, we don't see the same things all the time. And so, like, our circumstances here are so different than theirs. But, like, our hands see different things every day than our feet see. Like, my feet don't see anything most of the time. Um, and so I think it's so important that she was embodying that for me in that moment. And, like, we heard about a woman who was renting plastic, like a tarp is what I envision. Um, to keep her kids dry, and it wasn't working. So she was paying for it, didn't own it, and it wasn't working, and they were getting wet, and then they had to go to school after they didn't um, sleep well that night. And they have dirt floors, and they, they she still wanted to give me something, and that is such the heart of Jesus, and that is so what he means when he says that we're all part of one body. And so, in closing, if you can give, please give, because you are part of body. If you think that you don't have a job that you can do there, you totally can. Please go. You, you have no idea which part of the body you are in the metaphor, but he is so going to use you, and it is so special, and I'm so thankful that I've gotten to go. Well, uh, Jolyn tricked you, and here's why she tricked you. When she made a joke about her IQ, Jolyn, if you know her, is one of the most intelligent people uh, that I know. Uh, she helped organize this trip from day one, um, and I won't embarrass anyone, but one of the cool things is Pastor Carlos, who's the pastor there, 
God has really given him a gift of, of, of words of knowledge and speaking into things and, and really spoke over every member of the team. Uh, and if you know them well and, and, and want to talk to them about that, because it was very impactful. Um, but certain words were spoken over Jolyn, and I just want to encourage her publicly because Jolyn, um, singing is one of the things that she does. But she does so many other things that make things run so well. She is deeply involved in youth ministry and speaking into the lives of those students. She is involved in children's ministry. She's involved in worship. She is a leader, and she is doing so much for the kingdom of God. And so I never want to miss an opportunity to say thank you for what you do. Uh, and don't lie to people about your IQ because you're crazy smart. Um, we're going to have uh, Pastor Marcelo share. I do want to share one story about him. So, Jolin, you heard about the kids. And then with Cassie, you heard about the kids. And you heard about these houses. But there was another group there that Pastor Marcelo felt really called to. And I got the opportunity to work with him uh, because he's very strong, and we had to mix concrete with shovels. And so I picked him as my partner. And one day we're, we're shoveling this, mixing the concrete. And there were some kids. And I think at some point he said, kids, get out of the way. Move because he noticed a small kitten on the other side of the road. And if you know Pastor Marcelo, despite his large arms and tats, he's a big fan of cats. And I told him, I was like, I don't want to get your hopes up, but in seven years, I've never seen a cat in, Central, in Nicaragua, ever. And it was like they locked eyes and, and, and music started playing, and he, this giant man compared to everybody over there, just goes and swoops up this cat, and he looks at me and he goes, can somebody take a picture? <laughs> and it was awesome. It was, it was amazing. I don't know if that cat surrendered to the Lord, but Pastor Marcel, if you'd share. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's all true. It's, it really is. I didn't ask the kids to get out of the way, though. Like, yeah, I made that part up. Yeah, sorry. But yeah. Um, <laughs> And all cats are surrendered to the Lord also, so just making sure you know that. All right. Um, um, I wasn't nervous until Jolyn said she was nervous. If Jolyn's nervous, everyone should be nervous, I think. Um, but, uh, and I started speaking very high, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> anyways, as I was saying, um, <laughs> um Everyone who's asked me how it was, I always say that it was um, probably one of the best life experiences I've ever had. Um, something that I always carry that, and I don't know why, maybe I do, but still I'm afraid of uh, admitting it, but I'm always afraid of mission trip. It was my very first mission trip. And, um, and then I went there, and we experienced all these things that everyone already shared. Um, and I even come home, and, and Thais experienced that last year as well. Um, and also, and that's not me just trying to be like a cute husband or anything, but I feel led by the Lord, not only ties, but all the families that were behind while we were there. Um, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be part of this. Thank you for um, running the house. You know, there's a lot. My brother-in-law was here to help. He didn't help much. Maybe he did. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyways. All right. Squirrel. Anyways, um, so, but um, I came home thanking Thais and, and saying that I wish we had, we were able to organize our lives a little better to do this m more than once a year. Um, and at some point I was feeling selfish, like, oh, do I do this just to feel good? But, and it hit me. The truth is that we, 
we feel that we're exactly where God wants us to be. And I, there's no better place to be at where God wants us to be, right? And, and just to seeing there and those people and, and the true joy that you get to experience in that. Uh, where they have nothing, but they have the Lord. And that's the true joy that we need to experience. Um, even when we're at the church the last day and um, you go there and it's like a broken sound system. Very little, but the presence of the Lord there is, is something amazing. And, and we have so much to learn from that um, because we live in a bubble. Um, we live in a place where we have freedom. We, have, we live in a place where God allows us to, to have all these things. Um, but just being able to be there. And I'm probably the least handy person you'll ever meet. After Pastor Chris, maybe. Um <laughs> But it's true, and Thais can testify. Um, she's our, she's the handyman of our relationship. Um, but and there's something very humbling to go to a place when, where, you cannot use your strengths to disguise something or or to actually feel that you can do something, and and just being humble enough to be led. You know, and that's what the Lord wants from us. He He wants us to be led. He wants us to be fully surrendered. And um, yeah, it was very powerful um, to just be part of that trip, getting to know um, people from our church that I had just conversations like, "Hey, what's up?" and and just being able to be the church, you know. And yeah, um, I know we always talk about. Um, there's no need to, to go all the way to Nicaragua to um, do mission trip. There's people around us. Yeah, so what are we doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so go do something. Um, and I'm saying this because I'm the first one here. I use that excuse. Like, there's no need for that. Yes, there is. You know, um, God wants to lead you to places that you have never been before. And I speak that physically, geographically, and metaphorically. You. Thank you. Actually, spiritually, metaphorically. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my name is Jeff. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, funny story as well. At one point, a kid goes, like, you a gringo. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm Brazilian. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just, yeah, it's amazing, 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 for sure. Thank you. Yeah, um, one thing I want to remind you is when you leave today, there will be some, some large kind of postcards with a QR code and a picture of our missions team. And as Jeff had mentioned, we have the dates for next October already, and you can scan that link and find out more information about the trip, about the cost. If you already know that you want to go and you want to sign up and you're just interested in information, you can fill that out and you can let us know, and I would love to contact you and answer questions that you may have. Uh, don't let the, the cost of the trip be what gets in the way. Every year we have people that say, hey, I want to help, and so we can make it happen. We would love to take an even bigger group next year. And so we can take as many as 65 people, um, and that would be an incredible thing uh, for us to do. So we would love for you to, to be a part of that trip. And it was a great thing that Pastor Marcelo pointed out. Uh, you don't have to be a builder. Construction does not have to be your gift. And here's why it's so important. I believe in obviously doing things here at home. But there is something really, really great about getting out of your normal routine, getting to a place where you're, you don't call the shots, you're not in control, and you're focusing and kind of recalibrating your brain, your heart, your mind, and when you come back, you're ready to be on mission here as well. And so it's such a good thing. I really think 
it's good for every person that's able to go once a year somewhere out of your comfort zone and do that and get refocused and be reminded the world is so much bigger than, than what we just see and what we experience. One of the things that was really fun is uh, we went to the market and they had these hats and uh, we had made a pledge, the three of us, to wear these hats. And here's, here's what's on these hats. Uh, Jeremy's has an eagle. I don't know why he picked it, except for if I picked it for Jeremy, it would be because he's a leader. He's just got this, this thing about him. Every time we went through the group, he would always make sure everybody else was in uh, front of him. So they got through customs, whereas Craig and I were like, you know what? If you don't make it, then that was God's way of just saying you didn't make it. Uh, but Craig is, or, or Jeremy is always looking after people, and he's a leader. Uh, but Marcelo's hat was first, and that was because the missionaries noticed it says feline, and it has has a cat on it. And so we got that hat. And I randomly got one and I didn't think there was a purpose behind mine because it, it has a, a woolly mammoth on it. And I was telling my kids the story and they laughed and they said, well, daddy, that's because your nose is huge. You're an elephant. Yeah. So I appreciate my kids speaking life into me. Um, and so we wore these hats, and, and it, it was a good time, and so that's why we had those on. I wanted Jeremy. Jeremy and, and Craig are both elders at our church and really have gotten behind the vision of missions. And so I wanted Jeremy to share. After he shares, we're going to watch a video about what he shares about, and then Craig's going to close us out. So go ahead. So, yeah, this morning I was in the, in the nursery. I looked at Joel, and I said, Joel, what are you going to talk about? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So... I don't know either. To this very second, I still don't know. However, um, I can tell you this. Growing up in church my whole life, um, going to Christian concerts, a, a lot of you have probably been there when they have a, the band or whatever. They have a platform. They start talking about missions. I was always that guy that would go to the concession stand or to the bathroom during that time. So I'm like, that's just not for me. Because you'd hear things like, I fell in love with the country. I'll have to honestly say, I never knew what that meant until this year. I fell in love with Nicaragua. It's, it's an unbelievable place. Those people are, they're so gentle. They're so, they work hard. These guys are talking about on, on the teams, they're mixing concrete, not with a mixer, with shovels and, and, and dirt and rocks, and they're doing it barefooted. And I'm over here trying to make sure my shoes are laced up and good to go, and they're, they're doing it in socks and flip-flops, and it doesn't matter to them. That's all they know. But they're doing it with everything they have. Um, last year we spoke about the, um, <clears throat> the issue with the water. You guys probably remember it where the kid came and asked for the water. We couldn't give it to him. Um, I'm assuming that'll be in some of the video. Um, before our first day out, we were having our devotion in the morning like we did every single day. And I, I told Than and Megan, the missionary, I said, one thing I want, I just want to see one of the kids. Because I could distinctly remember one of their faces. So we prayed for that. So we got to the job site. We stopped at the church first. And I think it was Tracy got off first. She said, look at that little guy. I peeked my head around the corner. There he was. It was one of the kids that had asked for the water. And I, I distinctly remember there were two. I was like, God, if I can see that one, I, I really want to see the other one because I remember his name. His name was Juan. And a couple days later, after we had done the third house, sure enough, there's Juan. And he kind of clung to me. And in that moment, 
just made me thankful for what we have. I get frustrated when I can't check into my Hilton Honors account and go 30 minutes early when I'm traveling for work. And as they were just talking about, Joel was talking about, this lady was renting plastic. Plastic. Renting to cover her kid so that that kid does not get wet. I know we all have different mindsets of what missions is and what it, what it involves. It's not always about giving of funds. You can pray. You can pray for this team. This team's amazing. I watched this team do unbelievable things with the people of Nicaragua. The language barrier is one thing, but getting past that, it's like a well-oiled machine. Once, you, once they gain your trust and know you're there to work hard, it's unbelievable. So I say all that to say this, trust is a big thing. It's a huge thing. Um, they learn to trust us. Um, I'm going to trust you that your heart will be moved to help us with Nicaragua. Thank you. Yeah, we want to show you a video. The, the funds that were raised last year because of your generosity, we had $12,000 come in on top of the uh, $1,000 per house. Before we show the video, let, Sean, let's just go through the pictures of the families. Um, just want to show you, so this was a lady that received a home because of your generosity and, and some people outside the church that gave as well. This is another family that has a home now because of generosity, because of giving. This family has a home now because of that same generosity. This family has a home now because of generosity and giving. This family has a home now because of generosity and giving. I don't know, are we up to six? This is the last one. This family right here is the one that their, their house, they had built something that was like a house, uh, but it wasn't. It was makeshift. There was, a, there was some kind of wood-burning thing in there. It was so hot. And I just remember th there, this little boy that's asleep now was just laying there. There's flies. Um, at one point, he played with a machete, which was pretty terrifying. Um, but these families now have homes. Uh, but as Jeremy had mentioned, there was a community there that did not have water. And because of people in this room who gave, there is water there now. And we want to show you a video of when that water was dedicated and one of the little boys uh, being able to experience that water. So let's go ahead and show that video. Dedicate um, the purpose and the, the, the water of this tower for the glory of God. And so we're going to take a moment and pray for it. And then they're going to turn it on for you guys. All right, so before this water tower, there was one spigot for this whole piece of property, and they only had water on for two hours a day. So during those two hours, someone would have to get up, turn on that spigot, and collect water for the full two hours. Barrels, buckets, whatever they could put it in, and then that was their water until the water came on the next day for the next two hours. How many people live in this community? Uh, there, uh, there's several hundred families living in this community. Real close to the church here, there's probably 800 to 1,000 people that can walk here easily. And they all share the same water supply. They share the same water supply, uh, but this will be extra. And they know it's here. It can be seen from pretty far away. And people will know they can come here if they need water. And God, one of the things is the water tower. We thank you for North Park Church, God, yeah. that they gave generously. Yep. They saw a need and they met it. Yeah. God, you, you pulled on their hearts and they said, yes, how do we do it? Show yep. us the way. And God, you led them to this moment. And uh, the project hasn't done. So we pray with this tower. It would be a signal, God. It's yeah. high in the air. People yep. can look up. Yep. And God, when they see this water, they'll think of you. Uh, when they water. see this miracle, they'll think of you. Yeah. God, when they see what's been done here, they'll know it was your hand uh -huh. that did it. And so, God, we just pray this water would flow from this place. Yeah. And 
and not just water, but your spirit yeah. as well would flow from this yeah. place, and it would just draw all men unto you. Yeah. Men, women, and children in this area would be drawn to you right here where we stand. And God, we pray that you will get all the glory for it. That it won't be North Park, it won't be Santa yeah. Megan, it won't be Hope Project. It will be the Lord of Lords, yeah. the King of Kings, yeah. uh, the, yeah. the King of this house, yeah. this place of hope, yeah. and the rest of the hope is in your name. Yeah. Uh, we praise you, we love you, in Jesus' name. Amen. I get to go last. Uh, you guys did that. We may have been there, but your prayers and your generosity gave life-giving water to that community. Now, water is one thing. Water satisfies the body. But that tower in that community where thousands of people, not thousands, maybe 8,000 people live, is a beacon of hope in that community. And when they go to get water, they're not only getting water to feed their body, they're also being prayed over. They're also seeing the love of Jesus from Raleigh, North Carolina to that community in Nicaragua. That church is thriving there because those people are thirsty. They think they're thirsty for water, but they're thirsty for God to make a difference in their life. And you guys did that. We did it through God, obviously. The hands and the feet that built the houses there are sitting on this stage. But without your prayers and your support, we wouldn't have been able to do it. So while we were there working in the community, I got to know Than and Megan a lot. And we talked about them a little bit, but I want to expand on that uh, for you. These two human beings are amazing. I've always thought missionaries were amazing and a little bit weird. Because, I mean, who wants to give up all this and go suffer? Strange people. But as I got to know them, it, they're not strange. They're called. Just like each of us are called to something. Pastor Chris was called to this church. I believe my family was called to this church. They're called to go. God clearly says go and tell. And they sacrifice so much. I will tell you. Don't get on the wrong side of Megan. Pastor Chris knows. She got so mad at him. I had to calm her down. I had to talk him through it. I had to talk her through it. But they have established a well-oiled machine of service in the name of Jesus. And I've been on mission trips before that are uh, haphazard. And the service gets done. Jesus is honored, yes. But I've never felt so organized and safe, and uh, get evil looks sometimes, don't go in there, don't talk to them, don't look at them, don't look out that window, get your camera inside the window, Craig, you know, I got yelled at a lot, but that's because it's important to them that we honor where we are, they're amazing, they have a eight-year-old son, Oliver, he's eight, right, he's a big eight-year-old, they, uh, and um, they leave Oliver, Every month, and they've been called to the mission field. And I believe, and it was laid on my heart, that we're called as North Park Church to support this family. We last year supported that community with water. Um, I didn't even know this until Jeremy mentioned it the other day, that they their mission uh, hope project is their full-time job. That's what they do full-time. And when they're not traveling, Jeremy mentioned that sometimes Than picks up extra hours at Home Depot. 
Now, while he can serve Jesus at Home Depot, I believe he's been called to the mission field. And I don't, I would rather him do something more important. I asked Pastor Chris, uh, as I was talking with Megan and Than over the week and just kind of hearing what they do, and they go all over the world to serve our king and to take the love of Jesus everywhere. I think our part I want to serve them some. So I asked Pastor Chris, you know, what's their biggest need? And I asked them what their biggest need is. And Megan has had some health issues in the past. And right now they don't have any health insurance. They travel all over the world with the grace of God and the covering of God. And if they get sick, they'll get service somehow. But I felt led to present it to the church to say, let's help them. Somehow, some way. Last year we gave water to this community. I'd like to give some life and security to this family who has dedicated their life to serve Jesus across the world. And I want comfort for them when they leave and Oliver gets sick and they know he's taken care of. And Than's not going to have to do an extra shift at Home Depot when he comes home to pay the bills. We're all struggling. We all serve you may not have gone on this trip because of whatever reason. You may not be able to give today, and that's okay. Pray. Pray that this burden in their life will be satisfied somehow. I'm going to pray too, and we're going to bless them and honor them however we can. Pastor Chris, anything more you want to add? Yeah, I uh, just want to share, as, as Craig had said, and I appreciate him having a heart for this. Um, you can give online, and Stephanie can, can share more about how to do that uh, through our website when she comes up to, to close us out with hosting. Uh, and so this is something, if you can't give today, you can give as an ongoing thing to be a part of this. Um, as, as Craig had mentioned, uh, Megan has faced all of these health challenges without health insurance um, and trusted in God and seen God do amazing things. Uh, but we would love to come alongside of them because here's the thing. A lot of churches will give toward things like, hey, we want to get a van or we want to do this or we want to see them, th their, the money do something over there. But we want to come alongside and encourage the people that are going and doing this. And that's Thane and Megan and Oliver. And, so, and, and we know that going over there takes planning, takes takes a lot yeah. of things. And there's, there's people that will do it. Pastor Chris and I could put together a trip tomorrow. But I tell you, none of y'all want to go on that trip that we wow. planned. These people are called and are gifted by God to plan these things. And I, I firmly believe without some sort of support, some of that falls apart. Yeah, and so it would be able to give them an incredible peace of mind to be able to have that and for us to come alongside and encourage them. So I want to encourage you uh, to pray about that. If you're able to give, you can give online. Uh, you can give next week. It can be an ongoing thing, but we want to commit to come alongside of them and to be able to provide health insurance for their family. I think that would be an amazing thing. I love that God put that on Craig's heart as an elder of our church, and I know he's he's spoken with some of our other with our with our other elders as well. And so. Uh, we trust that, and we believe that God's going to provide and do something really incredible. I do want to invite you to pull out your communion elements, and we're going to celebrate communion uh, before we pray. And then Stephanie and Rebecca, just incredible hosts, are going to come out and close out the service today. Um, but I appreciate so much this team sharing and getting up here and, and stepping out of their comfort zone.
But I, I thank you so much because Thane and Megan cannot do what they do without you. And I want to thank you for being the hands and feet. And I want to thank you for believing in missions. And I believe in, in generosity. And I, I want us to, as we're kind of casting vision for the future of North Park, I want us to be able to provide health insurance for Thane and Megan. The next thing after that, I want to build a church in Nicaragua. And we can do that. And that's something that we'll look forward to in the years to come. And I really believe that God spoke to my heart that as we provide a church home for a church in Nicaragua, God's going to provide a church home for us as well. We're going to put the needs of others before ourselves. And we've done things stewardship-wise to put ourselves in a great position. But we believe God's going to do it in a way where we don't have to suffer in debt and wonder how we're going to pay this thing off. We believe God's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. And I believe if we can take care of those needs, God's going to provide a place for us that we can minister throughout the week, throughout with our community, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So if you would.